Greetings, everyone. This is the Hipster Snack, and today with me are two of my closest Tomo bros, Mr. Clockwork Fiction. Vampire, the Masquerade Bloodlines. You remember it, you now have to reinstall it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. It's a good game. If you make sure to get the unofficial mod for it. So thanks for that. Talk to your parents, at which point then they'll go, oh man, now I got to reinstall it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and also, uh, Mr. Dutaku. Oh man, now I got to reinstall it. <laughs> so, uh, actually, we, it's a good game. I haven't played in a while. <laughs> that, that is true. I need to finish the run that I had started, actually. Now, that said, we're going to kick off with. Our nerd news segment, five minutes around the clock. Go. All right. Uh, Quake 2 uh, Remastered is coming out, or is out. Out. It was announced at QuakeCon. If you like Quake, uh, it's one of the uh, higher-end Quakes, especially for multiplayer. A lot of uh, people have been talking about it. Go check it out. Uh, Street Fighter Six has their TMNT collab, which was really, really cool and really, really surprising. Unfortunately, it seems that buying one of the skins is akin to around $15. So they still need to work on their pricing a bit. And and then uh, if you are into the role-playing scene uh, for GTA, uh, Rockstar just bought the company that owns the 5M mod. So it looks like if you are into that kind of thing, it looks like Rockstar is going to be keeping the RP scene alive themselves. But uh, a lot of people are speculating on what exactly that's going to do when it comes to the actual mod itself, since a decent amount of it has uh, other like you know, copyright-branded stuff in it. Uh, that some people put into their servers, so that might cause a bit of issues too, but we will see what happens in the future. And that is it for me. All right, Master Yutaku. Uh Well, uh, this might be old hat, uh, but apparently in, you know, Disney's endless effort in order to, you know, dig the grave for uh, our beloved Star Wars, uh, they decided that they were finally going to, you know, dredge up a, a character uh, two characters that are basically going to be the, the one um, for one of their upcoming series in the Acolyte. It has been announced that they are going to have not only Darth Revan show up, but he's going to be played by none other than Keanu Reeves, which I think is brilliant because if there's one character who has absolutely wooden, or one person who has absolutely wooden acting, playing a tabula rasa, you know, uh, character you're supposed to project onto from a Bioware game where basically you can be anything from the goodiest of goods to, you know, the passive aggressive dark Lord. It would be, you know, Keanu Reeves, who is most, you know, well known for just going, Whoa. So, I mean, that's yes. true. Also, Johnny, Johnny Guilty Gear. He has one of the most amazing uh, theme songs from the original series, the original Guilty Gear X series. And his vocal, English vocal track is so glam metal. I, I honestly wish that Striper would do a cover of it. <laughs> I mean, they probably wouldn't, but it would be something that I'm like, you know, if I had a billion dollars, I'd be like, hey, Striper, I want you to cover this one niche game song. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. 
I mean, they would do an absolutely fantastic cover of it, but you know, they probably would be like, uh, no. So, which I mean, once again, is fair. Makes so. sense. So yes, that's uh, that's pretty much what I got. Okay. Uh, all I have are some teasers. Uh, first, there was a teaser released for a video game based on the Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin. I have complicated feelings on this. Uh, first off, IDW can still burn. I have no goodwill for IDW at this point. And honestly, I don't care that Kevin Eastman is one of the writers on the current comic. Uh, it still sucks. But, but, but what about but what about Jenica? She's the bestest character ever. She can use all the weapons, and she's a super Cool ninja. Like I said, IDW comics suck. So see, I don't understand why they keep doing that. Why they keep wanting to just have female turtles? Well, the, the thing is, know. the turtles have a very archetypical relationship. That's it's a four man band, and they keep trying to cram a fifth wheel into the equation, and it's never going to work because the brothers already have a dynamic, and that dynamic works. And I was about to say. Uh, I thought you were, what you were going to say is yeah, they already have a canon fifth ranger and his name is Usagi Ujimbo. Uh, his name is Miyamoto Usagi. Thank you. Actually. <laughs> I, oh, I'm I, sorry. I, I did that. I, I did never. The, I'm the, I am the pedantic beaver from Sonic Boom. Actually. I think I got, I think I got that confused while I was talking about the turtles and that as well. So <laughs> it's, it's a common <laughs> mistake, but Usagi Yojimbo was the name of the series. The character is Miyamoto Usagi. Um, yeah. So Yojimbo is literally just another term for a, a masterless samurai, a, yeah. a mercenary samurai. So and yeah, it, the it, thing it, is with the last Ronin comic, the comic was a good story, and chiefly because Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman wrote it literally years ago, and IDW just decided to use it. Now, it's a good story up until the ending, and the ending sucks because it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and they're, they're, they're still doing that marketing gimmick, who is the last Ronin? We know who the last Ronin is. <laughs> they already revealed that a long time ago. It's Michelangelo. The turtle who was the first turtle, of course, was the last. Duh. And making a game based on a comic that had like technically like three fight scenes doesn't seem like it's going to make for a very interesting game. And even if they tried to like put all the, oh, it's we're going to have like the backstories, like it's a foregone conclusion that they all die. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I don't think this is a good idea. And then THQ is making it. So it's a coin flip as to whether the game's going to be playable or not. Uh, TH quality uh, as a slang term for a buggy jank game has been around for a long, long time. Oh, uh, that's that's not fair, man. They made Dawn of War. Yeah, I, I really like those games. And they, like I said, it's a coin flip. And sometimes they get their act together and they make a good game, and sometimes they TH quality. Uh, the other teaser, which I'm actually much more excited about, is a South Park game, Snow Day. And it looks like it's in a pickup where uh, Stick of uh, Stick of Truth and Fractured Butthole left off, which is really exciting to me because I like those games a lot. No, I'll never play them on the channel because I don't want to get demonetized, but I like those games a lot. <laughs> and uh, that's all I got. 
So let's get into today's topic, which is we're going to talk about MMORPGs again. No, no, I'm kidding. No, we're not. That's a Aww. joke. Although, <laughs> not going to lie, we are actually still playing MMOs. And we are. We kind of, we could talk about that at length, but I think it, we should probably wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Just because a few more I, I'm in the middle of it. But you're talking. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm in the middle of an arc right now where I'm basically going through Space Detroit, effectively in the middle of what I am realizing is a, basically a entire Saints Row story, <laughs> minus probably all the crude humor. But I mean, it's that sort of thing. So. You know, it's just one of those things where I feel like I need to get to the end of this particular story arc before I can really explain my feelings on the entire thing. That's fair. That's fair. I was, I was going to say, I never stopped playing MMO. So it's, <laughs> so it's I mean, like, <laughs> it's, it's a genre I do wish I liked more than I did. Uh, but we kind of already articulated oh. that. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, thought, I, oh, as, I was, as I said before during the thing, just to say, you got to find the one that you like more some people yeah. would rather play eve online some people would rather play final fantasy 14 some people might for whatever reason might like runescape i personally like runescape that's why i never i never continue to play it but people do and that's that's good on them that's fair that's fair uh today we're gonna we're gonna take it a little easier we're gonna talk about something that the tomodachi bureaus are deeply passionate about uh something that we all hold near and dear to our hearts and you know it, it, waifus we're talking waifus. <laughs> okay. Basically, okay. Uh, I was going to say, basically, this boiled down to Clockwork wanted to talk about MMOs, and I'm like, and I just flippantly said, fine, but next week we're going to talk about waifus, at which point the professor is like, okay. Yeah. And then, right. so that this is the other shoe dropping on me saying, basically, what I'm saying is you shouldn't say something that you really don't mean. <laughs> because you might have a literal-minded Muppet of a friend who's just like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't say, I can't, you know, stop because this is the exact same thing I do to him all the time, so uh, I have to go along with it. And, yes. and the thing is, what I actually think is really interesting is uh, not only is this kind of a broad topic, even especially within the realms of nerd culture, uh, but it actually has a lot of sociological implications. There are some aspects that are just considered universally attractive or universally unattractive. But at the same time, you always have these weird niche fringes. And I think there's just a lot of really interesting ground to cover from a character design standpoint. That's how I'm rationalizing this in a way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, some franchises are... Sort of the franchise. Oh, well, there's coincidentally some waifus involved, but they're not like the main focus. I don't know. I'd say some of the later Rune Factory games have that kind of vibe where it's like, yeah, you have that option. That's available to you. You're not obligated to, and nothing in the game forces you to, but it's there if you want it. Then there are the franchises. I was about to say, unlike Rune Factory 2, where it's like you, you cannot progress have in the story waifu. until, yes. Yeah, you literally have to waifu, and you're going to spend, like, at minimum, an in-game year doing it. Uh, and as you slowly go point, mad, because nothing actually happens during that time. 
And the funny thing is, then, you know, you get married and then it's like, well, guess I die. <laughs> Bye, son. <laughs> well, he doesn't die, but he does basically die. Mechanically, he dies. Um, and becomes completely useless to his own story, as he had been the entire time before. Uh, then you have the franchises that are basically built on waifus. Most mobile games are guilty of this. Uh, Fate is literally this. Uh, what is it? That one shooter game you showed me, Dutaku, uh, Nikki, Nikkei, however you say that, with like uh, the girls that just point their butts Nike. at the screen and they shoot at at robots and stuff. It's like, yeah, it, it's it's waifus. It's waifus, and it's popular. And there's a reason it's popular, because the base default for people is, I like looking at pretty girls. I mean, these, the default for the nerd culture, given that the predominantly, overwhelmingly male demographic. We're going to be I'd like to accurate. I'd like to point out I like to point out the number one, the generally the number one uh, quote of an MMO player. If we're going to talk about if we're talking about waifu, is why mm-hmm. do you make a female character? Is, uh, so if I've been playing this character for a hundred hours, I want like to I'll, I would like to like to look at what I'm uh, what I'm looking at the entire time. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, that yeah, exactly. But that's the the pre- the, pre- the preface is still there. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's exactly right. And here's the thing: this is true whether you're single or not, because and this is just kind of a trend that I've noticed, is single guys will just make a waifu they think is pretty. Now, that's pretty much what, what Dutaku and I do. Now, guys who are like taken and in long-term committed relationships, the characters they make basically are their girlfriend or spouse, or whatever the nature of the relationship is. Like They basically will end up looking just like them, even if they're not doing it consciously. Or at least that's just the know. trend that I've seen. I don't know. I mean, I've seen some things that, about with, with with Mr. Cog and to be, I f- don't to be fair, this we is haven't we, we we haven't really seen him get into like the character creation scene since before those two were married. So I don't know if that's a fair thing to hold over his head. Though it is a funny thing to uh, hold that's over his true. head. It's comical, yeah, so it I stays. <laughs> yes. That said, um, like, I don't know. Maybe this is a good time for us to indict ourselves. Uh, clockwork. What kind of waifus do you find yourself drawn to on the whole? And feel free to give some examples along the way. Uh, I have two. I have two extremes. Sure. Um, generally, it's the strong uh, are pretty much tomboys. I like tomboys. Okay. Is I like uh, more of. Uh, I'm trying to. I hate how you put me on the spot for characters. So I'm now. I'm like, God dang it. Your name comes I, first I alphabetically. To, think, deal with no, it. It's not. It's not that. It's as I'm trying to think of one uh, that I could think uh, that would is a good example, but I can't think of one right off the top of my head. Um, and I also like the huge. I also like the huge nerds. Uh, the the, uh, the the generally more sciencey characters are the ones that are very technically savvy. Right. Uh, Momo from Breath of Fire Three would be the example for that one. Sure. Um, oh my gosh, uh, I can't think of a, I can't think of a tomboy one the, off the top of my head, unfortunately, because no, that one is fine. generally I don't I don't generally go off of that one as much because usually when I'm playing games, I'm usually playing the, ner- the nerdy character as it is, and that's fair. <laughs> it's, it's okay for you to have preferences. Let's, let's be clear on that. So, uh, Master Dutaku, your name alphabetically comes next. 
Oh, very convenient, that. <laughs> um, well, I really like... Uh, I am quite fond of the... Uh, how do I put this? Because here's the thing. I'm not a... I, I'm going to say this, and people are going to go, hmm... Press X to doubt. I am not a furry. But <laughs> I'm just Maxing I'm gonna make it. the title card just Yutaku holding a sign that says, I'm not a furry, but dot dot dot. <laughs> oh, not you know, the the one investigator from LA Noir with the glowing <laughs> red eyes. <laughs> Down. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll do for the for the title card. You, you left-wing link, you slimy little program. You, you want me to sit here and talk, believe that? Ah, speaking of butchering something. <laughs> All right, everyone, we need to, you know, bully the professor until he does an L.A. Noir's next plays. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but um, I, I like the uh, Camo Mimi. I suppose is the best way of putting it. It's the the animal ears, you know, beast girl type of, of thing. Now I I'm think gonna, it's, I'm gonna put a handy chart on the screen where the the not furry, furry, dangerously furry meme template, so that you guys at home can get a general idea. Ditaku is like at the 10% range. Unless you go past that, in which case you are free to correct me on that. No, that's that's about right. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I just I I really think they it look they look pretty. Um, often they have you know they are a bit, they have floofy tail, they have you know the exotic ears. Um, you know, yeah. I think I, it's it's. I I, mean, I, looked, um, up, I looked at Makoto from Blaze Blue. <laughs> uh. Yes. Okay. I'm just making Chow Kaka, you know, that and I mean um See Chow Kaka is interesting because we don't know what's under the hood. We know exactly what's under the hood. <laughs> She's a cat girl, dude. She is a cat girl. She's we, a we black already mage. know. She's a black mage. Yeah. She's she's a black mage cat girl, okay? She's there, she's I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm making a meme because it was um there used there was a uh, a joke that uh, when someone re- revealed what was under the hood, it was actually a chain chop and it bit someone's face off. <laughs> was- <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um. So, yeah, like Brecky from Twelve Beast, I, I guess. Cow. Um, you know, if we want to go like old, old school, I, I guess, you know, I'll have to just say Aisha Clay and Glenn was one of my very first waifus. That's fair. Um, and, you know, also, I, I enjoy athletic women. Very, very fit. Not really the, the into tomboys. Honestly, I think that that is pure pure simp cancer but you know you know you gotta do Whoa. what you gotta Whoa, do okay Dutaku, you know, don't Ow. hold back man just Ow. tell us how you actually feel and don't be ambiguous about well, it well okay 
all right, do you really want me to do this? Because I, I will. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm giving you a ration. No, like that, okay, that's the so thing anyways, that's kind of important I, is there really is no accounting for taste. Oh, you know, you said that in my Chessie just like had a massive sneeze. <laughs> and now she's looking at me like I did something to her. <laughs> Obviously, this is your fault. <laughs> so yes oh no looks like it's uh only one other person here yep because snack alphabetically yes, comes sir. last um i don't know if you've been, if you guys at home have been following the channel for any length of time you probably already know the answer to this uh i like big girls like all axes big uh Preferably able to basically, bench press my car, kind of big. Basically, what he's saying is, is if if you know his waifu was a buffet, he would basically go, "Yes, I'd like all of that, please." Yes, everything. What? All of it? Literally everything? Yes, sir. That's that's that's. Don't tell me what I want. <laughs> Challenge accepted, good sir. Um. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar camp with Yutaku in respects to you got the uh, beast girl thing and monsters. And we, we talked about this before. Like, I, I simp for monster girls. What can I say? <laughs> Basically, what he's saying is, is we need Kimo Fujin to be translated because we need to know what happens to Kimo. <laughs> that series is so good. I cannot articulate just Ah, so amazing. Mm, Chef's kiss. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Change nothing. Just translate it. One of these days... This man is getting killed by hamsters. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days when when a ranger isn't currently on fire or being attacked by jelly fanchulas, we need to pay him to translate that. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So, like that—that's an important thing to, to to really take the heart in this equation is there there's there's waifus for everyone, and everyone's going to have their own tastes in the subject matter, and it's also going to vary a bit depending on like what your options are. Again, Rune Factory, good example of this is like I think it's a little bit of a personality test where it's like, hey, like who did you marry in Rune Factory too? And like. I'm just going to be dead level honest. The the girl who's there's always like in any Japanese media that has waifus. There's always the girl next door. There's always the saber face. There's always the mist. Um, and they're always without fail the worst waifu because they literally just have like no personality. They don't like anything. Which they is- don't dislike anything. They don't have any particular convictions. They just. They're there and they're pretty and they like you for some inexplicable reason. Even though you're a schlubby nerd, and by you, and I they're mean, often, you know, and often they're they're like, oh, we knew each other when we were babies, and you promised that you'd marry me. I was like four like, when uh, I said that. <laughs> that. That's a little creepy to bring up now. Too bad. And now, Snack is at a high school. A high school filled with. Other snacks. Can he survive? I I've been through high school. I graduated high school. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to go now, back. This is second high school. 
No, no. Somehow this is so much worse. Like, I, I mean, well, it's one of those things that you do have to kind of accept as part and parcel of the genre, uh, to be sure. Uh, but oh man, if, if I'm sorry, if you tell me, if I go, hey, who's your fate waifu? And your response is any saber face, I immediately disregard every opinion you've ever had in your life as completely inconsequential. Because, oh, holy crap, that's boring. I'm sorry, Noodle. I know I just oh. jabbed you in the ribs there, man, but <laughs> it's oh. boring. It's super boring. Wow. Wow, and you said that I had a <laughs> spicy burrito take. Wow. You just took my baby brother and you're like your waifu is awful <laughs> now you're going in the same trash can with her and then i will put the the trash can lid on and a brick so you don't escape Ooh. <laughs> and you can be trashed together and have little trash babies that all have exactly the same face i know bear <laughs> Why is Snack saying such mean things? <laughs> like, it's always, without fail, the worst waifu. I'm just saying. Like, uh, that, 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 what's the word for it? I'm, I'm always something Nadeshko. Yamato Nadeshko. Yes. It, it's always the worst waifu, without fail. That, that, that's Which is the, ironic because um, your, your favorite girl in Diamond is will not crash is is a yamato nadeshko it's just you know she, she went absolutely of the, of the yamato nadeshko that's yes. why she went completely ape and also has one of the most terrifyingly powerful stands which weirdly enough coincides with a non-stand power from phantom blood possible relationship i mean just throwing that theory out there but like, yeah, she's she's crazy powerful, and just for giggles, we tried to see what would happen in All Star Battle if you paired her with Koichi. She goes even crazier when they're on the same side, and if you actually manage to knock Koichi out, she goes into a super state that she never leaves and will just destroy you. By the way, yes, it's called um, it's uh, like Love Is a Battlefield, Heroine's Heart, or something like that. Something like that. And yeah, basically, she just effectively goes Super Saiyan. And we'll just, yeah, she, she basically just gains meter and uh, super armor. Yeah, and then she destroys you because she was already, she's already super OP to begin with. That yeah. is a good waifu. If your waifu is the sort who would literally hunt down and murder the men responsible for your assassination, that is a good waifu. The problem with Yukako is that she's just really slow, which is weird because like in all of her fights in the manga... She's really her fast. entire thing is the fact, yeah, and like but in, she can just kind of yeah. be everywhere at once because her hair just like apparently she can feel stuff through her hair. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just saying, a plus waifu. Yeah, Yukiko is a good waifu, even though it's funny. You're like, you know, you don't ordinarily go for the yandere's, but I guess you know. In this case. I wouldn't even say she's really Yandere. I think she was more just super obsessive. Like, she wasn't, she had no intention of killing Koichi up until the last minute in that battle. And that's because he had already, like, injured her repeatedly and ha had used his stand to literally drill into her skull that he hated her. And she basically just took that as a personal challenge. The I can fix him mentality came out. And then. 
when the whole boing boing cliff thing happened. And she's like, I think I love him even more now. Completely diffused her like being mean and vicious until someone tries to hurt Koichi, in which case she becomes even more so. Mm-hmm. I really like Diamond is Unbreakable. Is that obvious? Just no, Professor. No, absolutely not. <laughs> fair. That's fair. I own that. Um, but here's- I, I, I out of all the out of all the JoJo. Those uh, to sidebar for just a second. I still like I I from all the all the four that I've watched, I've thought were all amazing. But I still, for some reason, I still find Phantom Blood and Steel Ball Run a little higher on the totem pole than the others. A little, a little higher. You've read Steel Ball Run, or not Steel Ball Run? What's the second one? God oh, Battle it. Tendency. Battle Tendency. Why do I think Steel Ball Run? Steel Ball Run's <laughs> part seven, my dude. Yeah, no. Uh, yes. Battle Tendency. Uh, Yes, when we were talking about, you know, quick guys, we have to, you know, resurrect Jesus so that to stop the president from meeting meeting capital G God, that is Steel Ball Run. Yes. Yeah. And That's actually a pretty accurate guys. summation of that series. Mm-hmm. Leaving out Yeehaw funny Valentine. Yeah. Hmm? Yeehaw, we're cowboys now. Now <laughs> we got to go and stop the president. <laughs> the, the president who drops 300 pounds between a single chapter in the manga, yes. You know, and the funny thing is, is that Araki basically boiled down to, I didn't want to draw him like that anymore. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, back on track. The thing is, like, the, the reason these games do the waifu thing is not only because it's a universal concept between nerdy men is, you know, we, we desire that connection. There, There's a certain you know, safety net and, and when you have that undo option. And there is a danger of people getting hooked on that. And I'm sure there's gonna be lots and lots of comments being like, oh no, you're you're promoting unhealthy relationship. No. Guys, it's all in good fun. And if you're your wife who becomes more than haha, this girl's super cute, uh that will ruin your life who I'm just saying. But honestly, that's why you have those options available because the tastes are going to vary a great deal. Not everyone is a connoisseur such as myself and would, would, would waifu mama rabbit from a Z technician's uh, man from the window. <laughs> you know, it takes a, a gentleman to, to properly romance a lady like that. And uh, you know, it, taste opinions as Dutaku said, you have to, you got to wipe your opinions because otherwise they get gross. And he's not wrong. That's an important lesson to take to heart. No, yes. I just made a face, and I realized you couldn't (laughs) see the face that I was making. (laughs) (sighs) It probably is for the best. (laughs) Maybe it is. Maybe it is. They're like, yeah, I'm a connoisseur. I'm like, hmm. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> now, now it's my turn. That's for sure. It's my turn to 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 be under the X for doubt meme. <laughs> X to doubt the stupid snack. Yes. I mean, whether it's connoisseur, just scooping up whatever's in front of you, depending on what it is. I mean, whoa, whoa, hey, 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 hey! I I have standards. Admittedly, they're very broad and don't require that much discernment, but I do have them. I don't yes, think I've played broad. a you game. Know, you, hmm? 
you know, that is, that, that is like, I, I think we finally achieved a triple level innuendo there with the, <laughs> I have standards. They're broad. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't mean for that to be a joke, but it is now. It is. It, 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 it is. It's a pretty funny one, dude. <laughs> you guys don't. I have two dogs now, both standing on my lap because I have a sourdough or a uh, uh, butter milk cookie, and they both want this cookie. Well, you guys don't need a cookie. I mean, the, the, the simple version is I, I don't think I played a game on the channel where I've really gotten to, to demonstrate strong preferences for, for like, oh, there's a, you know, a group of waifus pick one. And I'm not going to I am not going to do a video. Let's play of a Rune Factory title. Nuts to that. Um, if there was one I was going to do. It might be Rune Factory three because that is like the shortest story wise. Um, but like all in all, I mean, it's more like, you know, everyone has their, their preferences and, and, you know, mine skew in, in my own personal direction. Uh, but again, like not, I was saying earlier, not even, hmm? I was going to say not even tides of destiny, maybe tides of destiny. I could do the grinding off screen. Um, that one has some, some excellent choices too. And, the, the, the takeaway here is that a lot of the time, these characters are drawn this way for a reason, and this actually brings me to something I didn't even mean to harp on, but it popped into my head while I was attempting to articulate this sentence. Uh, waifus are drawn the way they are for a reason, because that is the beauty standards of the artist drawing them, and likely the culture that that artist grew up in. And to be clear, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with liking it. And if you spend all your days on social media, you might've run into people who like to <clears throat> air quote, air quote, air quote, air quote, air quote, fix end quote, end quote, end quote, end quote, end quote, other people's art. And generally these, these Tumblr arenas, cause they're always from Tumblr because they always are basically just make the character as ugly as possible and also their art is terrible so like the quality of the art severely like dips when they do this and they're like oh they're better now because now they're more realistic well i have a news flash for you all those disney princesses you like to quote air quote fix end quote uh were based on real people they, they literally look like their voice actresses so um, mm -hmm. sucks to suck. They're already realistic because they were already real. Yeah, um, actually, that was a thing with the original uh, Maleficent and uh, Sleeping Beauty. Yep, is that basically her voice actress was like, like, oh, we're just going to make her look like a voice actress. And I'm like, oh, guys, we have a problem. She's pretty. The, the main <laughs> villain is too hot. <laughs> what do we do? Make her green. To be threatening. Make her green. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> that fixes everything, I guess. Yeah, and, yeah, but like th this, I'm not saying beauty standards are unfair. They're unfair to everybody. Like, have you guys watched a Marvel movie? Have you seen the the various actors named Chris with their shirts off? Because <laughs> that's that's not how healthy men look. Spoiler alert! Like, they actually passed out on set multiple times because they were dehydrated. 
you get that muscle definition by not having water in your body. That is really, really, really terrible for you well, and can see, kill you. See, the problem is, Professor, is if you actually looked at like the, the real, actual strongmen, people, you know, the average like Zoomerella would be like, oh my God, they're like so ugly. They're so fat. And it's like, no, actually, the, these like 300, 400 pound guys are like, they Almost are solid muscle yeah, they, mass. Yeah, they they have fat on them, but it's it's basically just a little bit that covers up the fact that yeah, they're basically built like a you know a semi tractor trailer. Yeah, it, and know? these dudes like the strongest so, man in the world looks like a beer bellied Viking, but this dude can literally lift a small car. <laughs> it's amazing i've seen videos of him he's incredible i'm just like dude that dude is like crazy strong that is like comic book character strong yeah like those those paper toss guys that you know will just like launch a free like dozens of feet or you know dozens of meters yeah yeah they 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 look like you know just beer belly you know grandpas and uncles yeah but they don't look like they'd be able to just yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, beauty standards are unfair. <laughs> that's life. Life is unfair. So, like, instead of wallowing in it, how about you, you design what you think is beautiful for your original creations? This is something I'd like to harp on a lot because I think this is, like, really, really important for young up-and-coming talent or, and even experienced talent um, who may have hit a dry spell or a rough patch or writer's block. Make what you think is beautiful. Put your heart into it. Don't copy or make derivative iterations of something someone else already did. <laughs> like, if you want to make your waifu or your husbandos, because I don't know, I think broadly everything we said can be applied to husbandos too, uh, in their own way. I got no problem giving my bros compliments, okay? <laughs> but like, yeah, make things that you think are beautiful. Make characters that you think are cool. Make characters that you think are relatable. And yeah, like you should be able to take a look at a character and, and get a sense for what they're all about. And there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with a character being an everyman, but at the same time, like look at what's a good example. Okay, I have a great one. In Gurren Lagan, you can look at Kamina and Shimon, and you know what they're about based on their character designs. They share some themes, they share a lot of the same color palettes, but you can tell, especially when they're like before the time skip. Shimon is like, he's smaller, his shoulders are kind of slumped, he, he looks a little more unsure of himself. That tells you a lot about the character in the design. That is a good design. Kamina is the same way. He has broad shoulders, he has his, his head kind of lifted upwards in most of his promo art. You can tell this he's tough, he's jacked, he's lean muscle, and he has this big cocky grin on his face. You should be able to look at the character and know what they're about, just like that and it's the exact same mm -hmm. logic that's applied to waifus and husbandos or any character really you know i i gotta say that's like one of the things that i think matt Groening did really well was when with his character design you know yeah i i, I absolutely loathe the simpsons for like the the stranglehold it has on adult uh animation but, you know, I will concede that when he's like, yeah, you basically have to make a character such that if someone looks at them and they know nothing about them, that they'll know what they're, they're about. 
Yeah. Effectively. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is like having that unique silhouette tells you a lot about the character. You you know that Fry is this kind of your your, your average run of the mill dude. He's just wearing a t shirt with a jacket and jeans. He's he's a schlub going to work and and doing his job. And you know Professor Farnsworth. He's this wrinkly old prune of a man, but he's wearing a lab coat. He has thick glasses. You can tell he's supposed to be the very intelligent character kind of archetype. Now that's. Mm-hmm. That is good character design because it tells you a small story with one glance. And that's mm-hmm. how a character ought to be designed. Ah, you guys thought that we were just going to be lusting over girls. Instead, this is actually 101 on character design and how to tell a compelling story. I fooled you all. Got <laughs> multifaceted all. <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly it. Every character should be multifaceted. You should be able to get a sense of how the character is. You already do this in real life anyway. You, you like Everyone does it, okay? You make judgments about the people that you see based on how they're dressed, how they present themselves. If some guy goes into a job interview not wearing a shirt, do you think he's going to get the job? <laughs> no. I don't know. It depends on whether or not they're an underwear model or not. Oh. I mean, oh, touche, good sir. <laughs> you, you excuse got me, me, sir. You didn't hear. Excuse me, sir. You're not wearing any pants. Oh yes, well, they told me to dress for the job I wanted. <laughs> Carry on, then, Mr. <laughs> President. Understood. Have a good day, sir. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like, well, yeah, there, there's an idea. How about Mike Hagar? Can you take one look at this man and know exactly what he's all about? Pretty much, yes. <laughs> now, here's he looks the, like he is a defenseless damsel who gets saved by Team Laser Explosion, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. Weeble stuff is great. Look it up. So, like, you can look up Mike Hagar, and he's, like, wearing this, like, trousers that have one suspender shoulder and he's this huge mountain of a man and you know he clearly has some age on his face he's clearly a bit older but he's also like six foot eight (laughs) just smashes guys from like three feet like three feet longer than you think his arms can actually go because he's just that big but then it's like oh he's also the mayor He's a talented politician, and the people love him because he's actually this really like nice guy who doesn't want to hurt people, but will if the situation calls for it. That is what we call ironic juxtaposition class, and it can make for a really interesting, fun character. In fact, you might actually have seen this in certain character designs where certain inversions of the stereotype in themselves become stereotypes. How many times have you seen like a big muscular dude who's actually like a hippie, like really one with nature and like doesn't like fighting and he actually would rather be like painting or writing poetry. You see it all the time because it's the inversion of the original stereotype becoming one itself. You, I'm not saying you should avoid or, go toward these kinds of conventions. I'm just saying you should have attention drawn to these conventions. I'll say, I'll say every single time I see a, a small little scrawny little guy in battle Shonen now, I'm like, that guy's going to be super strong. Yeah. Just, you know, the fact that he's here and he has a unique, you know, character design and he's going to either turn out to be some kind of super villain or it's going to be like, uh, I'm secretly the master you've been looking for this whole time. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're, 
yeah, he's going to be super strong. And you can thank that to Dragon Ball. Yep. Again, the unexpected becomes the expected when everyone is like, aha, I will do something they won't expect. <laughs> and then you come to expect it. Uh, that's another element of, of, of character design that you should be able to, to, you should be able to look at the character, understand that character and any room for ambiguity can be used for storytelling or updates to the character's design. Um, in fact, I have, a, I have a good example of this. Is I've been playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. Don't recommend it. Uh, I'm doing it because I'm too bloody-minded to put the game down now that I've started, because I'm going to finish this stupid story no matter how contrived it gets. But I hit a time skip. Now, the thing is, it's a five-year time skip where your character's out of commission. When you come back, you see the characters that you had before, but they've all aged up. They're now like in their early 20s, and they do different things that kind of tell stories about who these characters are. Like one guy, like my main guy is Dimitri, and he's just kind of like the pretty boy prince when you first meet him. After the time skip, he has like kind of long, scraggly hair. He hasn't been taking care of himself. He has the obligatory eye patch because everyone in the future loses an eye. Uh, thank you, Bravo Man, for making a really great parody of that concept. Uh, R.I.P. Bravo Man comic. You were gone too soon. And like one of the girls in my army was always like, oh, well, she's really devout. She wants to, to like dedicate herself to work in the church. When you see her, she basically has like this universe's version of the nun's habit on. And I'm like, oh, okay, like that tells a story because like, you see her before and she's just wearing kind of like plain clothes. And then you see her and she's like in religious garb. So you can tell, oh, she followed her dream. She like pursued her work with the church. That tells you something about the character before and after at just one glance. And before you, if you ask, no, she wasn't my waifu. That was Manuela. Look it up. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is an interesting counterpoint. Uh, there are things that go too far. There are things that go entirely too far, relying on waifus as a selling point. And Fire Emblem is an excellent example of this. Let's talk about Fire Emblem Fates. Uh, you know, mechanically the games did some things I think that were fairly smart. Uh, making weapons that otherwise weren't part of the weapon triangle part of it by ascribing colors rather than just, oh, sword, axe, spear. It's like, oh, well, it's just red, blue, green, and, and everything falls into it, which I think makes archers a little more interesting, a little more nuanced. Holy crap, the story is terrible. <laughs> I'm surprised. I thought you were going to talk about Awakening. Well, here's the thing. Awakening strikes a really good balance between making your character important and not making them omni-important. This is actually a contentious spot that I would argue Robin is an excellent character because he is humbled in the story. Robin could have easily been a Mary Sue, this overblown character, but no, they, they balance it because he is not the Lord character. You're supposed to be the Lord character's assistant. You are not the Lord. You do not have anything super special. You have swords and magic, which is weird in Fire Emblem, but not unheard of. So like, he's, he's odd, sure, but he's not so out of place as to be completely asynchronous. Corin, meanwhile, is just 
oh, I'm a dragon. Because she's like, of course I'm a dragon. So my, my weapons are swords and dragon, which is something that in every other Fire Emblem game you don't get till the story is like 75 to 80% over. It's like, I'm, I'm super special, and I have like all these superpowers that just no one else has. And I'm also the Lord character, and I'm just like super great, and everyone just super loves me. No, screw Corrin. <laughs> Corrin, as a character, sucks because he's exalted immediately and eternally. Robin is humbled and forced into a, a more subservient station where his elevation in the ranks is because he makes friends with people, and he's reasonably intelligent, and he can help people by being the strategist and tactician. Robin getting married to, to one of the women in the army makes perfect sense in context. It, it works because Robin is there for a legitimate reason, doing a legitimate purpose without being, without becoming the, 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 the Ray, the star Wars Ray character that Corin ultimately ends up being. Corin is already perfect. He has nowhere to improve upon, or they have nowhere to improve upon, I should say, because it can be either. Um, Robin, meanwhile, doesn't have that issue. Awakening strikes a fine line to walk. Fates immediately screws it all up because they were like, oh, people really liked the complex relationship systems in Awakening. I mean, complex by Fire Emblem standards. They're not actually complex. <laughs> um, but Fates is just like, oh, everyone loves Corrin. Everything is about Corrin. And every single relationship is just because Corrin is just like so gosh darn great and amazing. And both men and women are just throwing themselves at his, uh, his or her feet, bare feet, because the <laughs> people who are into feet are weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. You're all weird. <laughs> Like, that's the fine line, and Fates does a bad job with it. So when you're pursuing the romances in Fates, it feels very artificial and very tacked on, especially because Fates seems to have a poor understanding of relationship dynamics. Um, the short version being that Nor's storyline is the only one that makes any sense. Revelations is a very obviously tacked on DLC content, and Hoshido is an afterthought at best because Hoshido sucks, and everyone in Hoshido sucks. I mean, the royals, like some of the characters in the Hoshiden army are good, but the, the nobles, they suck. They just suck. Am I off base here? What, like, what you, I've been on my soapbox here for a minute. So what do you guys think? <laughs> no, I think what you're saying is. I mean, it really depends. Uh, see, it's hard because I haven't really played a lot of the Fire Emblem games besides Awakening. Right. Thing, so I don't know the, the, the nuances of what they try to do. I know they've gotten a bit more a bit more explicit with their waifu-ness with certain characters and everything in the newer, in the newer games. Fates I think, I think does one of them. Three won. houses, not as much, and I haven't played Engage, so I can't really testify exactly. At least that's how I I was told. I, I like I said, awake. Uh, I liked awakening because like I like the fact that um, you know everybody kind of gets their own. Like you know everyone kind of gets their uh, spoilers for a game that's been around for forever now at this point. Three <laughs> DS isn't being uh, supported anymore. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, about it's, ten it's, years. Yeah. It's it's nice it's nice that everybody kind of gets their own character like their own kid character and it's or mostly everybody kind of gets their own kid character yeah or of course two of them are always going to be your kid and, and uh, yes yes uh, so it's always going to be uh, but I believe their stats are a bit dependent on depending on who they marry they are 
So there's a lot of nuances to it. I think in the newer games, if I remember correctly, you don't have the you don't, you don't have time traveling kids. Yeah, so. that doesn't happen. That only oh. happens in Awakening and Fates. That does not happen yeah. in Three Houses or Engage, as I understand mm-hmm. it. Uh, the nice thing I remember about it too, though, and I think it happens in most Fire Emblem games. I know there's some sort of uh, working together bonus you get for like having your characters side by side. Is that uh, because of how you can create create your tactician in Awakening? Um, you can you can specialize in one, and then have your potential uh, spouse. I was thinking if you decide to go with that character or not, if you already know what you're doing in the game, be the other character that, you know, supplements your weaknesses. And then you get a care and then you can get a character that, you know, is either really balanced or really powerful in one. Yeah. And his weaknesses are not as bad uh, are not going to be as bad as um, what they could be, um, depending on how you built it. Right. Um, that as well. So there's, uh, there's a lot of so there's a lot of. uh I mean, so there's a lot of ways you can, you know, curate your experience in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, other games, at least, if we're going to go kind of about uh, uh, another game, especially the one I've been playing recently, uh, I haven't played a lot of it, uh, which I think is one that I think is kind of nice because it seems like it gives you a lot of choices, even though I haven't gone far as uh, Baldur's Gate 3, because I've seen some of the clips on X and stuff like that about, you know, like certain characters you get to romance, you can romance or not romance and different things that's been going on. Uh, oh, that's what's going on. But I do like that. It seems uh, at least for how the story goes, is that if you are trying to, if you're trying to get with a character, you got to kind of work, work on their, you know, cause every character seems to have an agenda or what they're trying to do. Right. You, uh, you have to work with their agenda for that to work out. And if it doesn't align with your agenda or what you're wanting to do with the character, it's probably not going to work out very well in the end either way. <laughs> I mean, that's realistic. At least you should have realistic. similar goals. If, if your mm-hmm. waifu's goals are the opposite of yours, you're, you're off to a bad start. I'd say. Although it's kind of, I don't know about one character, but it seemed like one character was I like to hit things. And I was just like, okay, well, I like to blow things up with fireball balls. We would get along just fine. <laughs> Seems right. Um. So yeah. the The one thing I will recommend uh, I don't like particularly is just a lot of like uh, games that use waifus as cash kind of cash cash grabs yeah in a sense um like a lot like i didn't want to bring it up because i know that some because uh, some people are because depending on the gotcha games that you like and dislike like i don't really get into those because i feel like it's just like i like look at all the all the pretty anime girls you can get and i'm like yeah and then i'm gonna have to throw what two three hundred dollars oh and maybe hopefully get a chance to roll one and then if i want to get the you know the bikini edition i'll throw in another two three hundred dollars for that and it's just like at one point where does it end <laughs> So, but yeah. yeah, that's there's there's my little there's my spiel on the on the game side and everything. But, but I don't like it being used for it's kind of, I I like it I like it when it's uh used in tandem with mechanics or things that you know benefit you in certain way is uh and it makes sense. Uh I don't like it for, for weird weird cash grab weird cash grab scenarios and just using it as a as a lore instead of a an actual means. Yeah, no, that, that seems fair to me. How about you, Taku? Any any anything to add to the, the gaming side of this? Uh, well, I was gonna say that you know I agreed with the professor there until you went off on a 
tirade about, you know, uh, the eugenics system in Awakening and about you know, <laughs> how much you hate gotcha games. Um, so, you know, I just one of those things of, yeah, I, I really don't have anything to add to the fact that I liked Awakening. Um, I mean, honestly, I think that Fire Emblem as a series really is is kind of like Dragon Quest in that it's extremely dogmatic and you know to its credit has stuck to what has done well but the problem is is a lot of those things are artifacts from a era that of gaming that is not really around anymore um so it, it, it kind of sticks out and um i mean you know it, it's funny because, like, when Disgaea is more, you know, uh, user-friendly and more, you know, uh, how do I put this? Not brutally hard, then you're doing something wrong, honestly. Um, and I don't know. It's just, uh, I, it's weird to me that it got as popular as it did. Um, but it's also Nintendo. So, you know, it, it attracts, you know, special people, I always say. Um, wow, I'm being really, really spicy today. <laughs> well, I think, well, you and I both. I mean, it wouldn't be a Tomonachi Rose podcast without a little spiciness to it, a little, fl- a little flavor, a little, a little intrigue, or a little, uh, or got a little uh, chance of you know getting yelled, getting yelled at on the internet from time to time. You know, I'm just kind of surprised. <laughs> where was this? Where was this vim and you know vinegar when we were actually discussing gotcha games before their work? Jeez. <laughs> well, I didn't. I mean. It's one. Of, it's one of those things where I didn't. I I could have sworn I talked about how much I didn't. I didn't like gotcha games during it, it, but or at least I didn't play them for my reason. So I don't hate them per se. But I mean, I think it's one of those. As I talk about MMOs, you got to find your niche in them, and most of them is just here's here's pretty ladies. Just pay us money for pretty ladies. I'm like I I could do this without giving you money. So thank you, but no, I'll, yeah. I'll go take my money elsewhere. As, uh, <laughs> as Master Noodle observed, they don't want you to know this, but PNGs of waifus are free. And you can look them up on the internet on fan wikis. Yep. Just saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, but then you don't. But but then you don't get. You well, don't. You, you don't get Thunder Bear Mama saying "rr" to you when you open up the game. That's that's when you go to YouTube, dear dear straw man. You go to YouTube, and someone who makes a thirty to forty five minute breakdown of the character's stats or the numbers on the screen, and they'll show you all the interactions along the same time, and you can just do that. You know, I kind of feel like I'm throwing right. stones in a glass house over here because I have like quite the the roster of uh, fate go waifus. So it's like I don't have much of a, a much firm ground to stand on over here, do I? No, no, you don't. <laughs> of course, here I am having you know bought 
all the uh, ninjas in action time and in just today. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, well, the cold hard truth is, it, it may be a very simple impulse, but it's one of the impulses that is there to keep our species alive. And more than that, like you should, like you, should, you you should try to bond with like real people and waifu should very much be secondary. That's my PSA for this episode. But the the, the cold hard truth is, people like waifus, people like husbandos. Um, because they're interesting characters. It can be very engaging, and sometimes the stories are really good, and sometimes you just really, really, really want to get Minamoto no Raiko in a swimsuit because it's Minamoto no Raiko in a swimsuit. You know, these things happen, and it's okay. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of sucking the suck, how's it feel? I got her, okay? <laughs> I got her. <laughs> it, it took me a few tries for the rerun banner, but I do have her, yes. Thank you kindly. I remember that was that was the one that was the one time it kinda sort of came around. Yeah, that, that is true facts. I, I mean I had something similar happen actually because I, I talked about this in another video, but I'll, I'll bring it up again. Uh, my fate go waifu is passion lip. And here's the thing. Passion Lip appeared on a banner as the four-star hero alongside her sort of sister, uh, Meltiris. And Meltiris was the five-star. And I was like, I don't really want the five-star. I definitely want the four-star character because she has huge hitting power. And, you know, the, the Alter Ego is a really interesting class. So I start rolling. I get Meltiris, like, almost immediately. And I had to fight to get passion lip and i did i did eventually get her um because i swear statistics are just black magic not a fan <laughs> the, the desire sensor is a real phenomenon and anyone who's played games where any element of random drops are an, are an element knows just, just saying yeah, hunting games and hunting games in a nutshell, basically. Yep, yep. Um, I don't think there's I don't think there's anything wrong with liking waifus and husbandos. Okay, like, it's fine. And no, you shouldn't let that sort of thing get out of hand. But that's true for everything. Moderation in all things, including moderation. So it's like the the point being, enjoy, don't go nuts, and don't use moderation as an excuse to just. Never try. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, I'm working on my Mr. Mackey impression, so I'll keep trying. Uh, so, I open the floor to you guys, because I've been talking a lot this episode. <laughs> do you have Do you have any uh, the final words or, or objections, emotional outbursts, or any other such things you'd like to add? Perfectly honest, not really. Uh I mean, I I feel uh, I think the takeaway is that you know waifus can waifus are you know nice they add, they can add they can take away depending on how they're used right used uh, <clears throat> I think the main I think the main takeaway is that uh, and I said just recently don't let it be a substitute for real people right <laughs> that that leads down a dark capacity that, that no one that you don't that you don't want to see the end of yeah <laughs> that that is true facts. Uh, Master Yutaku. 
you know, it's, you know, not really, honestly, you know, right. at this point, everything's pretty much been said. That's fair. Um, Honestly, it's just been a this has been a wild conversation. <laughs> yeah, I even I kind of branched off into things I I didn't expect. So I don't know. I, I hope uh, hope the comment section is just as lively. Do you guys agree with us? Do you think we're we're, we're spot on? Do you think we're off base? Uh, leave a comment telling us your waifus and or husbandos or both. That's fine. Uh, leave a comment, like, subscribe. Etc. Etc. You know the spiel. So uh, thank you, Master Ditaku and Master Clockwork, for joining me this evening. It's always a pleasure, everybody. And uh, we are the Tomodachi Bros Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Tomodachi Brothers Review Podcast, produced and recorded by The Hipster Snack, Ditaku, and Cog. Sound design and editing by executive producer Sean Taylor Brown with Cog Sound Engineering. Music written and performed by Sean Taylor Brown with Costas Voss of Core Inside Studio on the drums. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.